Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is June 19th, 2019. Today's your birthday. It's like 1919, so there you have it. But today is Relationship Wednesday, and I got to tell you, before you blame your partner for anything, do an intention check with yourself. People say, well, do my intentions make me pure? Is it on my way to being pure? It's not about being pure or not pure. We're all pure, but we got stuff on top of that purity. We have layers of experiences and things people did and how we felt about it and how we reacted and why we react that way. And we have all these things, this inventory of stuff in us, good, bad, or indifferent. And how that combination plays out in a relationship. Because your intention, obviously, is to have a relationship. People generally want a happy relationship. But if something isn't falling right inside of you, where's it going to fall right inside of? It's not going to fall right inside of the other person either. Because when you are close to somebody, There is like no stone left unturned unless you live in different states. And if you live in different states, you're probably going to end up parting ways because you're actually not together over time. Not like a bad thing or a good thing. We look at breaking up as sad and broken and, you know, we, we get upset. We get sometimes violent. Even when there is violence in the relationship, there's all this stuff that goes on in relationships. But the bigger news is just acknowledging in your heart of heart that you're part of what goes on in our relationship. There's so many times People come to me and say, she did this, she did that, he did this, he did that. And I say, but well, why are you there? If all this is happening to you, what's bringing you there? And then they look at me like, well, wait a minute. I have to answer that? And I'm thinking, yeah, you need to answer that for you. Why are you there? It's never about being right or wrong. Because something, when it isn't in place, is going to throw other things off balance. And this person that you chose to be with whether it looks like it or not, is showing you who you really are. 
think about that. It's not like you fought, you almost died, he hit you, you screamed, you hit him, whatever is going on. He cheated, she cheated. Everybody can take any story and turn it into a nightmare of the other person. But usually, insecurity is behind it. Fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt are behind those things. And then you cap it off with denial. They did everything wrong. Everything that's wrong is with them. And I cannot tell you, can't tell you the, like, shock that I get back when I say, but you know that part of this is you too, or you wouldn't be there. You are here and they are here to work out their stuff like you are. Otherwise, the two of you would not have attracted to each other. There's couples I meet that I know that when they met, they literally met. And usually this happens to people who are already enjoying their lives, already doing the jobs they like. Whether they have their own business or work somewhere, whatever it is, they're, they've worked out a lot of their stuff. So when they meet someone and they're ready for themselves to come out, they know what will come out from them. They've kind of reconciled what goes on inside of them. What happens is they feed each other and they grow. and They give each other, you know, like, hey, you might want to make a right turn here. Okay, well, I'll consider that. Well, okay, well, you like doing things this way, and I thought you would enjoy this. Or, and you build it that way. That's a whole other energy and direction. But when you're having the kind of argument where you're still sorting yourself out, like, wow, I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry I behaved that way. I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry I hit you. I'm sorry that I didn't come home. I'm sorry that I don't have enough time for you. I'm sorry that I, I you know, my friends don't know you that well. And I'm sorry, it's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, all the way down the pike. But I love you. We've been through a lot together. If you guys can acknowledge that you've been through a lot together, if you can just feel, just feel like one day we're going to look back and say, wow, have we grown a lot together. You have the bones to take accountability. And that accountability will bring you to fighting for the relationship, not just for yourself. 
And a lot of times it's all the other person needs to know. That's it, that they're fighting for the relationship, that you care enough to say, hey, I actually care about us. I'm not just trying to get what I want. But how do we get this awareness? And how do we accept ourselves as a couple? There was a young girl I was with right after a big blowout with her boyfriend. And they're not young. They're about 30 years old. But I say young because relatively speaking. They are not married. They're boyfriend and girlfriend. They were really upset with each other. And as she was telling me, he called. And she didn't know how to say, I'm sorry. So as she was sitting there, I was mouthing words to her to say, I really don't know why I did that. I want to work this out. Underneath the argument, I was worried about money. I was feeling frustrated that I felt everyone else was ahead of me, including you. And I worked so hard. And I'm apologizing to you because that was what was behind my reaction to what you said. And then he said, because I could hear him, said, you know, it's just hard when that happens. Yes, I know. I really love you. And I hope it doesn't happen again. But if it does, just ask me what's really wrong. Because a lot of times it isn't what I'm fighting about. Now, I'm over here mouthing the words. She's saying them, and as she's saying them, I hear her feel. I heard it in her voice. I heard it in his voice. I know they really love each other. I know. I could hear it. It wasn't something they could have told me or not told me. And the way they reacted, how hungry they were to know that they were still loved even when they pulled that one out. And in so many ways, it was really beautiful for me to just have been part of it. to let her know that gentle words work better than shouting words. Telling the truth works better than trying to pretend that that's not going on. That you're really fighting about this issue. You're not. I never met 
anyone who picked a fight that felt good inside before they started. The other person's just literally a moving target. They're walking by and a fight will ensue because one of you has to download, has to unload this burden that they're carrying. It's a really interesting and, and to me, an honor to be in a place where I can actually live time be involved in something like this. Because what you learn in the moment, I, I will never forget the reaction on her face like, oh, that felt so good to tell the truth. And it did. It did feel good to tell the truth. But not only did it feel good to tell it, she saw how it healed, not only herself, but him. It was almost like this burp, you know, you have this trapped gas in your chest and you you feel like you're having a heart attack. And then it just, dissipates. It just goes away. You could breathe again. Those small changes, those little movements are what bring us the biggest results. I I remember in my first marriage, his way of putting me in my place was not talking to me, just flat out nothing. I would walk around and feel so powerful that he just didn't talk to me. And one time, it was almost a full year, maybe longer, that he only spoke to me when he had to or, or when other people were around, because it looked good. So what happened to me? Because I never thought of getting divorced, and I'm very reactive to people. I started having people over all the time for dinner. That's when I really kicked in as a cook. I was going to Costco three times a week with my kids in tow, cooking, having people over, over and over again, because that's when he was happiest, and I just wanted to see happiness. But what happened to him and all that false power that he believed he had because At the time, I didn't know insecurities were beneath that because I was just too young to know. He single-handedly worked his way out of my life. There was no energy exchange. If he wasn't talking to me and people's instinct is to survive, and even when I went to go talk to him, he refused to talk about anything. 
even when I went and said, hey, you know what? This isn't normal. You may need to go to therapy. And he said, nope, not going. If we go, it'll be the beginning of the end. I'm like, wow, you look at therapy that way? I'm coming for help, and you're telling me I'm going to drown. I don't know what else I've got. And a few years went on even after that of pretty much nothing. It wasn't worth, in quotes, talking to. I had to talk to someone. I moved here from California, and I didn't have friends. I mean, moved here from Chicago. So I I took up with God. I, I started writing to God in the middle of the night. And then one day, he realized that I was no longer asking. And what happened? The power was gone because I no longer cared. I could hit my head against the wall, but, you know, five, six years in, that's pretty hard to do. You finally say, hey, wait a minute, that wall, I don't need to get around it anymore. Because the other person doesn't want to work with me or be with me or talk to me. And he was blaming me for everything. Even loving other people, I was blamed for. You think everybody's beautiful when he tried to get me jealous of just his time being given to anybody. So one day, he comes to me. Now he's willing to talk. And he demands that I work him back into my life. I want you to work me back into your life. You know, the funny thing, he really told me a lot about himself, but he also told me a lot about me. Because in my intention check, before I even knew the word intention check, I knew in my heart that I have given everything I had. I had nothing left to give. That was the best I had. If there was more to give, I didn't know what it was. But I had to survive, whether he talked to me or not, whether he cared about me or not, whether he wanted me or not. I had to survive somehow. I had to find a reason to wake up every day. I had to find a way to take care of my children without hurting them because I was hurting so I turned my children into my playtime. They were the love I felt. And they allowed me to love them. So I gave them all the love I had. And they loved me back and it worked out great. He didn't love me back, didn't work out great. But he never took accounting for himself. He never said, I did that. He turned it all on me. I was bad. I wasn't loving. I wasn't there. And out of all the things for anyone to say about me, he said the things that were completely opposite of me. 
or at least who I thought I was. What happened to my brain was after that, when I would hear people describe me and the opposite of me, I'd be like, oh my gosh, they speak that same language he spoke. I had no idea what that was yet. I had no idea what labels were put on things or We know, I don't care what we call it, we know. And I remember saying, one day, one day he's going to want to talk to me and I won't be there. And that day happened. He had me. I wasn't going anywhere. In spite of his behavior, I understood deep inside he was good. But on the way to that good was hell. Had he ever come to me? Had he ever come to me and said, you know what? I had a part in this. I would still be there. I would still be there. This till this day, I would be there. But he couldn't do it. And I couldn't take the weight for both of us. I stopped eating. I stopped talking. I was under 100 pounds. Because when I get upset, I don't open my mouth. I don't talk. I don't eat. I don't do anything. I just shut down at that time. So what happened? Once I got away, I never looked back. It was like somebody let me out of a tube. When my hands and my legs were all just stuck in this tube, I couldn't even move them. Once I knew that I could be free of having to live in somebody else's brain for somebody else. And I remember using the term, who died and left him my boss? God, is this really what you want for people? All before I saw Christ but I had to live through him to get to God the way I did. And I till now thank him in my heart for teaching me what he taught me. I remember saying things like if I had to do this again to learn what I learned, I would do it again to learn what I learned. But he, he couldn't account, could not self-account. I knew he loved me. I know he loves me till this day. But he couldn't get along. He couldn't play, not only nice, he couldn't even play fair. That's what not taking The same kind of, I want to say, just 
rules to yourself that you would to someone else. He needed the drama. He needed to show me that he could live without me and be happier without me and blame me for him having to have a home and having to have kids and stuff like that I was getting in trouble for. And at the end of the day, I didn't lose. We are survivors inside. People would make you feel bad for getting divorced, but that taught me that sometimes having to get away from somebody who cannot see their role in their own life is is inevitable. I didn't come here to sacrifice my life for another human being. Nobody did. And when things get that bad to where the person doesn't even acknowledge that you're there, no matter what you do, you need to feel like you're part of life while you're living. So I started looking at relationships differently because I didn't know that somebody would ask for a relationship and then be mean to the person. I I didn't get that because my parents never did that. They never did games or weird stuff like that. I, I never seen it before. But he taught me that inner pain is outer pain. Inner pain is life to that person. And they are as much a victim of it as you are. So when the person doesn't do an intention check with themselves, there's no energy exchange. None whatsoever. That's why when I want to say a person who speaks with the language of love deals with a person who has the narcissistic type behaviors in them. They're speaking the language of insecurity. The two languages cannot exchange over time. In my culture, because I can speak for that, there's a lot of women who are married to what I was married to. Not all the guys are that way, but our culture kind of calls for the woman serving And a woman who doesn't, she's independent or hard-headed or, you know, they even use the word, it's never a good one, but they, they, they just make names. I don't want to say them here on the radio, but the thing is, is that when you are in a position where people are watching you, a lot of women put up and shut up. And amongst each other are the biggest hero for putting up with the worst guy. Because they all know what's going on. No one has to tell them. And they find solace in each other. That's what they find in each other. But I thought, I don't even know what that means anymore because how do you give 
when the other person isn't part of the relationship. They're like your master in a weird way. But they found solace in each other. They found their own happiness. They found ways to shop around the person, ways to live around the person. Exactly what I did. I just lived my own life under that umbrella, and it looked good to the community, and everybody was happy. And when you get divorced, they're like, well, who are you now? You're nobody. You go back home, and you marry again, and there's no accounting in the community. There's no accounting in the relationship. There's no accounting taught to the children. But he would have kept me. I would have stayed had there been a give and take. And the ironic part was, I didn't even ask for the divorce. He kept asking. He was threatening me with it because he knew it made me cry. I didn't want my family to be broken up. And yet what happened was, is when he left, is when we got to live. And I felt like, you know, here we are. We're free now. We can enjoy our days. And that's all I wanted. And it does get down to that. When one of the two people cannot see what they are doing in the relationship they are in. Doing an intention check saves your relationship with the people you love. It allows you to love them. It allows an exchange. You guys, I will see you tomorrow on Dream Theme Thursday. I can't wait. Have a great day. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.